consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task which the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the grace, to the gospel of God's grace, the task of testifying, which means the task of bearing witness to the gospel, which means the good news of God's grace. And so it is a compulsion. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16, again Paul says, For if I preach the gospel, that gives me no ground for boasting, for necessity is told, is laid upon me. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. It's a compulsion. It's a commission. When Jesus said in John chapter 20, 21, to his disciples, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. He's sending us to testify about his grace. And it is a compulsion, it is a commission, it is a privilege. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 7 onwards, by God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving Him. How? By spreading this good news. Though I am the least of all God's people, He graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. It's a privilege, it's a grace given to us. And we say, nobody says amen. <laughs> but some of you ask may say, yeah, right. Uh, yeah is positive, right is positive, but when you put the two together, it becomes negative. And we, perhaps we, we groan, oh no, this business, this evangelism thing, uh, we think of ambushing somebody with the four spiritual laws and speak very fast so that we get all the four laws across and then we help them to pray the sinner's prayer. We think of, of evangelists, like uh, famous ones like Billy Graham, and then they preach in a big tent or in a big auditorium and people will stream to the altar with tears down, down their faces. But you know, the, the original Greek word used for evangelism is called evangelion or something like that. Was, was borrowed from the secular world. It wasn't a Christian word per se. It just means good news. Evangelism simply means announcing good news, like COE has come down. No, no cheers here. Okay, you all, got, you all got new cars already. It's like Liverpool won 3-1 last night. Also no cheers. Actually, that, that was very sad news to me. Because I support Arsenal. Liverpool 3, Arsenal 1. So, good news for Liverpool fans. It's announcing good news. See, where am I now? <laughs> yeah, okay. Question is, how come we keep quiet? Why, why do we keep quiet when it comes to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Let me suggest to you, it's a, it's a matter of conviction. Could it be? Could it be that some of us feel that all religions are the same? Or as someone put it, religion is basically guilt. Guilt that you're not good enough, guilt that, guilt that you're a sinner. It's just that they all have different holidays. It's a very cynical 
well, it feels funny, but it's a very cynical way, view of things. And that we shouldn't really impose our views on, on others. And why do you want to pile guilt on people to say that they are sinners and then make them say the sinner's prayer? Then I say that we have not experienced the salvation and the transforming power of Jesus Christ who saved us from our sins, from eternal damnation, who gives us peace that passes human understanding. And when we witness the transforming power of Christ over sinners, the abundant life that He gives us, we will want to share that good news. You know, the closest I can illustrate it is, is like the joy when, when somebody becomes a Christian of, of seeing new life. You know, it's like holding a baby in your arms. And I collected all these pictures through the years. The joy of new life. In the same way, there is new life when one is born again. Right? When one is saved by the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus. And they too are like babies in Christ. And these are the faces of those born again in the last one year uh, with our Chinese assembly who are practicing what they have learned in EE, which is Evangelism Explosion. I'll talk more about that uh, later. When we have the convictions of sins forgiven, new life given, peace obtained, this is our motivation to, to share such good news. But why do we keep quiet? And so we need to re-examine the reality of our own convictions. The reality or the lack of it, of even our own salvation, and maybe the harsher reality of a life that is without Christ, without hope. So it's a conviction. But it could also be a, a matter of competence. You know, we all say that, oh, I'm not clever like Ravi Zacharias, you know, the famous apologist who, who can debate uh, with non-believers and, and, and always win the argument. We say we don't know how to share the gospel. We cannot answer our friends' questions about Christianity uh, or we are afraid of a question that we are, will be unable to answer. And so instead of preaching the gospel of grace, then I will become a disgrace to the gospel of Jesus Christ. But so, for some of us, it's not so much a matter of competence. Actually, it's a matter of connections. We simply do not have non-Christian friends or contacts. So it's like, hang on, no need to share then, right? All my friends are Christians, no need to share. Well then, maybe I can give you permission now to take out your, your mobile phones and go through your contact list and to see are there non-believers in your contact list or maybe you can go Facebook, okay? Uh, service time can check Facebook. Go down your friends, maybe some of you got 1,000 friends and see of the 1,000 friends how many are non-believers? Maybe we ought to do that. In fact, we ought to do that. <clears throat> Look up your old friends and your old schoolmates and, and all that. Well, some may say that, oh, this evangelism, better let the pastors do it, you know? And, and those with the gift of the gap, huh? those who can talk. Because I don't have this gift. And I agree you don't have this gift. Because it is not a gift. Right? It is a commandment. It is a commission. God sends us out to tell about the good news. And if we think that we are not competent, then we've got to get competent. 
This year, we're going to be embarking on a few things. Uh, evangelism explosion is one of them. Uh, we're going to do an English alpha course in um, July. And even the ACP, the Advanced Care Planning uh, Advocacy course, can help us ourselves, first of all, because it's got to be a conviction, to think about life and death. And it can be a great opener to friendly conversations that you can have with your friends or your loved ones about life and death. And it's got to lead to the eternal because God has put eternity in the hearts of men. And then you can carry on talking about that. Our monthly healing prayer service is another opening. Every month we can invite friends with a very simple opener. Can someone pray for you? Can we pray for you? You've tried everything. How about trying prayer? And bring the person here to church and we pray. And if you think you are not competent, then go learn a method. I, it doesn't really matter is the four spiritual laws or the bridge method or some people use a rope or something and, and, and whatever it is. Now, I'd like to invite this morning someone who is familiar with EE, Evangelism Explosion, to share a testimony with, uh, with us. His name is Chia Chuliang, and uh, he is an EE trainer and a member of River Life uh, Church way out uh, in the uh, East. He became a Christian in 2007, and his day job is a director in Jones Lang LaSalle property, uh, but his passion and his mission is to share the good news and to teach people to share the good news. Let me invite uh, Chu Liang, please. Come. Uh, good morning, church. Thank you, Pastor Tang, for the introduction. Uh, as you, as uh, you all have known, my name is Chu Liang. People call me Chia. And a lot of people try to associate me with the great uh, ancient uh, wise uh, counsellor by the name of uh, Chuka Liang, but actually I'm not related to him at all. My, my first encounter with EE was through a friend who actually invited me to join the gospel with strangers. Uh, I was very impressed with the clear and concise manner in which he presented the gospel. And that experience actually stirred in me the hearts and desire to evangelize to others. However, uh, at the same time, I was apprehensive as I felt that I was not spiritually matured enough to share the gospel. So when the opportunity came up uh, in 208 to sign for EE, I took that opportunity and I signed up for the cost. So EE has actually given me confidence to share my faith through a conventional, conventional uh, uh, approach. Looking back, it has been a very rewarding uh, experience and the greatest things that I have learned is actually to ask permission all the way. You know what's the reason why? Because when we ask permission, there's actually a door that is open for us to share the gospel. And then we know that uh, when we ask for permission, there's very little chance of us offending the, the other per, uh, person because he, has already, he or she has already given us permission to share the gospel. Uh, as what uh, Pastor Tang has said actually just now, evangelism sends shivers down the spine of many Christians. I was also like that uh, previously. A question that a lot of people ask me, you know, uh, do, you, uh, do you get scared or nervous when you share the gospel? 
I said, yes, of course. You know, but that was then, you see, until I come to know about EE. So, so for me, the fears stems from the perceived uh, inadequacy in knowing enough of the subject on evangelism. And also, there's no clue as to how to start sharing the gospel. And also, the reservation of committing time to an area that I know very little about. So, these are actually the peripheral reasons. Actually, the underlying reason was actually more of the stumbling block for me was more of the relational aspect of it. You see, I couldn't bring myself to talk to a friend where it centers around uh, eternal life and also have, how to have eternal life because that, I'm afraid that my friend will ask me uh, questions which actually are very alien to me and I will try to avoid hard questions. So, so there's this uh, res- reservation within me that I couldn't reach out to my friends. Furthermore, I do not want to come across as intrusive or very pushy, you know, and this was me then until I came to know about EE. So what caused the shift in my thinking? In EE training, the trainer actually shared with me that the power to save is from God. We only need to bring the good news and the love of Christ to them. So God will do the rest. The trainer also shared that uh, when we share the gospel, we also gain a deeper understanding of Christ. One truth that really hits me was even Jesus was rejected. Even Jesus was rejected. Right? Success in evangelism is not the outcome. It's actually our obedience to Christ's command. Right? Um, people are rejecting, inverted commas, God, not me. Right? Most assuredly, when I'm rejected, heavenly rewards are still promised to me. Let me explain. If a person comes to Christ, that's a win, right? However, if the person seems to be interested but do not come to Christ, that's also another win. If I share the gospel, right, and the person didn't come to Christ, actually what I'm doing is actually I'm sowing the seed where God can water and grow in future. If I'm rejected, I still get the eternal rewards because of my convenience. You know, in Hawking, you all know that Pao Chia, right? So, where do you find the Pao Chia thing? So, evangelism is sure Pao Chia for your, for your eternal rewards. So, on not being able to speak about eternal life, God actually revealed to me one verse, I mean, actually a lesson that I've gotten from Numbers 22. You remember God used a donkey to speak through him? If God can use a donkey, I'm sure I do not have problem for him, right? God can use a donkey, so I'm definitely better than a donkey. So, just be encouraged by that. <laughs> Our God is also God Emmanuel. You know, he's always with us, right? So, that comforts me in the sense that God is with me no matter where I am, no matter what I'm doing. So, if God is for us, who is against us, right? And he, nobody can disrupt the work that we are doing upon God. So in E, we also have this concept of uh, taking off and landing, a skill that an uh, 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 experienced pilot possesses. So a, a skilled pilot not only take classroom lessons, no, they also go on OJT. This is the same with evangelism. 
So in EE, you are with the tra trainer in the air. So the trainer will then show you how to share the gospel in a very confident and concise manner and also in the real life situation. So in EE, what you do is that you learn, you observe. After that, you master the art and then you share the gospel with others. Right, so there's this element of OJT, the trainer will train you and make and equip you to be at that level where you are able to share the gospel on your own. So I also know that the time I spend with EE training and training others is actually a small price to pay for the eternal rewards and change that is awaiting me. Right? And also the impact of the many lives that I've shared the gospel with. On the more practical side of things, I've actually overcome the fears of uh, sharing E, and that share E effective, effectively with my friends, my colleagues, and even my neighbors and others, and led them to Christ. E also teaches me to recognize and take advantage of the witnessing opportunity. I stress witnessing opportunities. In our lives, there are many, many witnessing opportunities for us to connect others to Christ. So, E helps you to do that. So, E, importantly, that's one important thing that actually uh, hit me was that E actually helps me to also train others, both to be trainers and trainees, and also therefore fulfilling the great commandments of Christ. So, as I reflect upon you know, all these years doing E, right, I actually now realize that I had been a trainer to eight generations of trainee. That, makes, that puts me, just now, uh, Pastor Tang showed all the, all the children and all that, right? That put me in the, in the position of the grandfather to so many trainers. In e, each, trainees, each trainer is assigned two trainees. And then the trainer will then train and guide the trainees and they, they become effective uh, soul winners, right? After the trainees are trained, they themselves will then each take on two trainees. And once this happens, right, we have this concept called spiritual multiplication. Right. So just consider, because of my obedience, I alone and my, and my obedience and my involvement, there will be many and dozens who will be trained as witnesses and effectively sharing the gospel. In short, I make a great impact for eternity by training soul winners then winning souls. Just, just playing with a bit of numbers, I train two, right? Two will train two, and then two becomes five, and then the five becomes nine. The nine becomes 17. The 17 becomes 37. The odd number is because you need to include yourself as a trainer. Like actually, it's two, four, six, eight, 13, 64, one, two, one, one, two, eight. So you can, you can see that, okay, there's this multiplying effect. The multiplication effect is based on me as one trainer. Just imagine the explosion in the numbers of those who have heard the gospel if each and every one of us step up to answer God's great commission. With that, I end my sharing. To God be the glory. Thank you and God bless. Thank you, sir. And I think we should... Uh... Uh, remove the word evangelism from our dictionary. Uh, it sounds like a very scary term. Let's just call it good news. Let's call it good news. But what is our role in sharing the good news? It's not like 
is not to be a judge where we sit in our armchair and we pontificate about all the evils of society, like many of us like to do over coffee and all that. It's not to be an attorney to charge other people with wrong or even to defend ourselves. It is to be a witness, a witness. This passage in Acts, it really sums it up or describes it very nicely. Acts chapter 10 from verse 39, it says, And we are witnesses of all that Jesus did both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put Jesus to death by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him on the third day and made him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify. Testify is the same Greek word. Uh, a root Greek word for, for witness, and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Witness, witness, testify, witness, witness to what? Good things, good news. There was one time, only one time, I was ever an official witness in a legal case. And it was in the Hong Kong International Arbitration Center, where I was cross-examined by a silk, a QC, Queen's Counsel, okay, very learned old man, a really nasty old man. You know, but it wasn't really a very difficult thing for me because all I, my role there was to be a witness, just to tell them what I have witnessed. And even though the QC was as nasty as could be, he was trying his best to trip me up, and he'll say something like, Mr. Tang, as CFO, you would be an expert in international affairs. And so I put it to you that you would know, would you not? That da, 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 da. It's like, oh, wait, I've got to figure out the, the sentence, man. It was so long. He was obnoxious as hell. But as a witness, all I had to do was just to recount what happened. And that was my role. Not judge, not attorney, just witness. And our motivation in sharing the good news comes from our conviction. Our competence comes from learning something, practicing something, learning a method, if you like, and from simply bearing witness to what we have experienced ourselves. I, I learned a phrase uh, last Thursday, but right thinking and right training only gets us so far. Ultimately, this business of bearing witness to Jesus Christ is in the realm of the Spirit. No matter how well experienced or how well trained you are in sharing the gospel, I think we will always be subject to fear of ridicule, of rejection. And and therefore, we need courage. And courage comes from a mover, the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the famous verse, And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Bearing witness and sharing the good news without the empowering of the Holy Spirit is a recipe for failure. And this is a spiritual work. 
Spirit-led, Spirit-empowered. You know the Great Commission, right? Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. But we miss out one something. We miss out the verse that came before that, verse 18. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. We start with go, but we missed an important word, therefore. What is it therefore? It is there for linking our witnessing first to God's power and authority. And then Jesus' charge in the Great Commission is sandwiched between his power and his authority and his abiding presence. I am with you always. So ultimately, it is a spiritual warfare. It is a very subtle one. And the stronghold of fear is obvious. Even I fear, right? And I, think, I believe everybody here has got some kind of fear. Why, why is that? It's like, oi, you are a bad example, you know. You don't walk the talk, so you don't talk to me about Christ. It's like, you think you're so self-righteous. Don't you think that it is so arrogant to say that people will see your good life and then they will come to Christ? Or you'll be ridiculed as a religious nut. And, and nobody will friend you, for real or on Facebook. People will avoid you like you have bad breath or body odor. The fragrance of Christ you preach, for goodness sake, spare me that. And do you know what people are saying behind your back? If being a Christian means being like you, I want no part of it. Have you heard all these accusations before? Where do they come from? Revelation 12 verse 10, And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of His Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before of God. These are accusations. This is spiritual. How do we overcome these accusations? The verse after, Revelation 12, verse 11, and they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they loved not their lives even unto death. They bokyasi. Jesus did the work of shedding his blood on the cross and now we need to do the word, not the work, but the word to testify of his love and sacrifice. And you say, yes, but how? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So start spurring one another unto love and good works, unto the sharing of the good news. That's why I brought my brother here from all the way from the east, from, from Paseris, to come and sh to spur us that it is possible. He's not such a, he's not such a, a old believer, okay? We killed Christ only in 2007. Spur one another to join the Alpha Course 
at the end of July, spur one another, join the, the EE. Uh, I, I think we, I can't remember the date, is it 10th of May? We have a whole day seminar, okay? Siong, uh, whole day, okay? But come. Spur one another for those you will approach after you have learned something from EE or any other method, really. Who will you approach? Let's be witnesses together. Let's do life together. I think of my 86-year-old father, who is still not a believer, and I'm desperate. I'm very, very desperate for his salvation. And you know what the accuser of the brethren said to me? How can you be a pastor if your father dies and goes to hell? Huh? That must be the day you resign from being a pastor. I hear this all the time. Really, I'm thinking, oh, oh my goodness, if I ever come the time when he goes and he does not receive the Lord, then, then what do I do? I, I, I resign? But you know that many people are witnessing to him. It started off with my Hong Kong-speaking friends in, in a in a small group I had in, in, in Hong Kong. It continues with uh, the Chinese pastors here in PPH. You see all these pictures. It's, it's just wonderful. Um, two years ago, he went to, a, to our Chinese camp, our Chinese assembly camp, and he said he was never so well-loved. You know? It's like, wow, he was VIP, man. Pastor's father down there. You know? And he said, well, everybody was preaching to him. I got like four pastors speaking to me, he says, in, in one day but not yet there. He's not yet there. Would you pray with me? See, I need help. I need help. And, and it's very difficult for me to talk about the, the, the gospel to him. The last time I did it, many, many years ago, he threatened to go to a temple and shave off all his hair. You know, that was my, my, my memory of what happened. So we've got to do evangelism together. I also think of uh, our pastor, Chinese pastor, Chen Guangshan, his father-in-law, uh, father of Xiang uh, Nuan, who is now, uh, or who was in hospital, but now discharged and having kidney dialysis, still not yet a believer. So I asked uh, Pastor Kuang San, um, I'm, I'm available to visit him, should I visit him? And Kuang San says, no need. Uh, he prefers Dr. Benny Tan. <laughs> I remember visiting Kuang uh, San's father-in-law some years ago, uh, also in a hospital. And he wasn't very happy with me because at our first and only meeting, he told me that I was paying his son-in-law too low a salary as a pastor. <laughs> I said, hey, my son-in-law got masters, you know, was a teacher, you know, you pay him so little. So I'm very glad to, very glad to have Benny go. <laughs> He's like, whatever, lah, by all means, save some. And I don't mean saving the salary, I mean saving the man. You know, we, we can't do evangelism. We can't share the good news. We can't be a good witness if we do not have the conviction that indeed sins can be forgiven and washed away by the blood of Jesus. If we don't have the conviction that there is a born-again experience, there is new life, if you don't believe that, you should have come and, and watched some of the drug offenders share their testimony of how their lives have, have changed. And that must be our motivation, our conviction as witnesses. 
And we can't share the good news, we can't be a good witness if we don't have competence. We must be competent as witnesses. Learn a method, any method. And our competence ultimately comes from God, who has made us competent to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills and the Spirit gives life. Something, uh, a, a verse from 2 Corinthians uh, 3, verse 6, is like not a CC method per se, but it is life. You are sharing life, what it means to you. And we cannot do evangelism or we cannot share the good news. We cannot be a good witness if we do not have courage. A courage that overcomes our fears and you will have fear. You can be 40 years as a pastor, you still have that niggling fear. And that's why we need someone to move us. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. I, I know what it's like. Okay? I've been there before when a pastor comes and, and talks about evangelism and sharing good news. And, uh, and then we go away from here and say, yeah, good for you, lah, those who can. Uh, but for me, I just live a good life. You know, I don't disturb my friends. They don't disturb me. And maybe sometimes they see my good life. They will ask me a question and maybe at that time, but it's, it's not that. It's desperation. It's desperation. So please, go home. Look through your contact list. Look through your Facebook list of friends and pray at the same time that God might give us compassion for some of these names on the list that we see that oh, this is somebody... I must reach out to. This is somebody I need to share the, the gospel with. Let me invite the musicians to come help us with the closing song. So really do something practical. And my suggestion is to go through your address book, contact list, Facebook list of friends. Just scroll it through. But don't just scroll like that. Pray. Okay. Ask the Holy Spirit, teach me what to do, and then scroll it. Just next week, try doing that. Come, let's uh, stand for the closing song.